Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the College Football Coast to Coast show. I'm your host, Jacob. I'm here along with my co-host, Tyler. Uh, We're coming to you guys. It is currently Tuesday. Um, I know we're a day late. I had some stuff come up yesterday and I had a big college exam I had to take care of. Um, But everything's gone well so far and uh, we're here to talk some college football, Tyler. Yeah. We'll jump right into our recap for last week here for week six. Uh, Some big games. I know I attended the LSU and Tennessee game uh, and uh, it was a good time. A lot of people there. And uh, not the outcome for the LSU fans and, and faithful. Uh, but moving on from that week, you know, things might look up in the future uh, in, as they go into next week. Uh, and for Tennessee, they've got a tough game coming up uh, that we'll talk about later on in the show. Uh, but getting started here, we'll go right into our week six recap and uh, we'll open up with our ACC. In our first game, Florida State went on the road. Uh, to face off against the number 14 ranked U, uh, I'm sorry, NC State Wolfpack. I almost said UNC. Um, but the Wolfpack end up holding on by two wacky score here, uh, a little bit 1917, kind of a weird score. Uh, low scoring between these two teams. I wasn't expecting it to be this low uh, with the offenses that both of these team have teams have. Uh, just defense came up big, I think, really. Uh, in key moments. Yeah, the defense definitely uh, was a a big shocker in this one. You know, two quarterbacks we talked about last week, you know, really in this matchup between these two teams with Jordan Travis on Florida State side and then Devin Leary uh, on NC State side. But, yeah, it really says it all here. I mean, Florida State had an opportunity. They were driving down the field, 18-17 literally, and they decided, you know, to go for a touchdown rather than, you know, to just kick the field goal and try to win it there, uh, which was just really a, a just a stupid mistake uh, if you're Mike Norvell. I mean, I don't care. Like, if it's like a, a one-point win, I'd rather get a win than, than lose by that two points. But 
Jordan Travis uh, did not play well in this one. He had two interceptions in this one. Uh, so this was, you know, a really big win uh, for whoever was going to win this one. It was going to at least stay in the ACC race uh, for at least another week. Uh, four State, now looking at them, they're four and two, and two of their losses have come inside the conference. So with, you know, a chasing down Clemson, who's probably not even going to lose a game in the ACC, either that's going to be zero losses or, or one loss. You would have to say already that Florida State's eliminated from the ACC title contention. But if you're NC State, this was definitely a big win, you know, coming off the loss uh, to Clemson. Uh, this was definitely big uh, getting a win at home. Yeah, I think the one thing to note for Florida State, you know, what you got coming up next week, you've got a no. date with Clemson and you're playing at home. So it's going to be a big game. They could ultimately get themselves back into the ACC race with a win there. Um, and a lot of people thinking that, you know, they have no shot in order to win a game like that. Uh, but we'll get into that as well. And uh, for NC State, you know, moving on uh, this upcoming week, you know, they got Syracuse on the road. So uh, it's going to be another big game for them too. You know, two ranked opponents for both of these squads uh, after this this past week. Uh, but moving on from the ACC, we'll get into the Big 12. And our Big 12 recap was number 17 Ooh. TCU, the Horn Frogs, pulling one out close against the undefeated uh, where it was undefeated, number 19, Kansas Jayhawks, a close game. It was all about who got the ball last, I think, in this game. Uh, and it's set up to be a fantastic game. And uh, I knew there were going to be a lot of points scored here, but I was pleasantly surprised by the battle that that Kansas uh, gave to TCU in this one because, you know, by the numbers, Kansas was definitely the inferior inferior team, you know, going in. Uh, and for them to hold their own there and only lose by a touchdown against a quarterback at Duggins that just doesn't seem like he's going to miss all season, uh, it was a good win for TCU, though. Yeah, Kansas definitely showed a lot of fight. Jalen Daniels goes off an injury, uh, which we'll get in our news segment. But uh, Mr. Bean comes back in. Uh, the start. He was the starting quarterback for the Jayhawks uh, last year. And, he, you know, he, he has a cannon of arm. He had that one touchdown in the second half. It was like a 40-yard bomb. Uh, to tie up the game. But, yeah, this was just a back-and-forth uh, shootout. This is a prototypical Big 12 matchup, and we got it on Saturday morning. College game day, that that scene was insane in Lawrence, Kansas. They definitely deserved it. Uh, but on the field, like you mentioned, Max Duggan was just the better quarterback uh, of the two. I mean, this TCU team, I mean, a lot of people slept on them. I think a lot of hype uh, was around Baylor and Oklahoma State. But, I think that TCU right in front of them, they're undefeated. They're the number 12 team in the country right now, and they have Oklahoma State coming to town. So, honestly, if they win that, I, I wouldn't be shocked if I see this TCU team undefeated and in the playoff mix, which I'm sure no one had this TCU team in the playoff. But this was definitely a huge road win. Kansas is no slouch. They definitely have a lot of talent to you know to pile up probably nine wins. They'll probably lose one or two more. They have Oklahoma on the road. And then uh, they have uh, still have to play Texas as well. But, you know, for TCU, uh, I think that their their offense is legit. I think that their defense is good enough uh, to get them to win. Their defense isn't great, uh, but it got the job done uh, against a Kansas team that, that was really fighting back uh, and forth. So got to give credit uh, to TCU once again. Yeah, I think and it ultimately goes into the self-belief in both of these squads. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people counted them in you know, to be both undefeated, you know, going into this week. I mean, at the halfway point, and both of these teams are undefeated in the Big 12, I think a lot of people thought that these two teams were going to bring up the rear in the Big 12. Uh, 
you know, and, and I ultimately thought they would too. I, I had no anticipation on either of these two teams making it this far. We had the conversation earlier today, you know, TCU, I picked Colorado to beat TCU in, in the opener of the year. And, uh, you know, you saw how that turned out. So, I mean, it, it you really just don't know it, it, until you get into the meat of the schedule. And these two teams, a lot of self-belief, and they should really be proud of their efforts uh, up into the halfway point and hopefully continue on. Uh, but for these teams, uh, some big games still coming up on their schedule and uh, moving on to a not-so-big game. We're going to drop down to the worst game of the week, Jeez. the worst game on the recap, folks. Uh, no, this is not hockey. This is not soccer. Uh, it is a football. It's not baseball. Yeah, it's yeah. football. Yeah. Uh, Iowa, the Hawkeyes, went to face off against the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Uh, Illinois holds on at home by a field goal, nine to six. Uh, this is prototypical Iowa not being able to score in their defense, doing it all. Um, I don't think they even got a touchdown in this game. This is a field goal game, really, back and forth, and. Uh, pretty sad i think for for iowa you can't can't win a game against an illinois team that has struggled to stay above 500 in the last few years uh but i had the conversation with you i mean we talked about it on on the sports scramble show we've talked about it on here i said illinois is for real i think and you know it, it goes to show i mean it was a close game you know because of iowa's defense um but illinois is for real i mean they're currently uh i don't know if they're in the lead in uh, the East, but or in the West, I'm sorry, in the Big yeah. Ten West. Uh, yeah, so I mean that says a lot about their their squad and what Brett Bielema has done for for that team, and it's pretty incredible <laughs> to this point to see Illinois up there and Iowa slowly fading off into the rearview mirror, uh, and could be for a long time. Yeah, Illinois' offense is going to ride the coattails of their running back, Chase Brown. I mean, he had 146 yards. I'm sure that you know him uh, of a Penn State fan uh, from last year's game, what he did to your team. Uh, but, yeah, Iowa is just a bad football team uh, this year. You know, the, you can have all the, the you know the best defense uh, in the Big Ten, but Spencer Petras is not, is not going to do it. The same thing with Wisconsin and Graham Mertz. Uh, I'm not saying, like, to make the change. I, I just think that this Iowa offense is just – playing vanilla like Kirk Ferentz uh, is, is running offense that worked back in the 1970. It doesn't work anymore in, in 2022 in the modern day offense. But yeah, uh, all field goals. I'll go ahead and say this. So uh, they had a 27 yard field goal, two yard field goal, 37 yard field goal, a 27 yard field goal and a 36 yard field goal. So like for chip shot field goals. So the offense has gotten into the red zone. They just couldn't even convert. So yeah, this was a uh, Definitely a sleepy game. I watched like the second half in this one. My gosh, this must have been like the most boring game ever. Uh, so, yeah, like you mentioned, this is prototypical Big Ten football. Uh, not a lot of scoring and a whole lot of defense. Uh, so definitely a huge win for Illinois. I think that they're flying under the radar. Everyone's talking about all the Big Ten East, the top three. But Illinois is sitting at the top undefeated uh, in the Big Ten West. and They got a big date uh, with Minnesota at home this weekend. Yeah, I think the the one thing to to realize, you know, with the Big Ten West, you know, it, it's it's so weak. Um, and you just never know who's going to do it. You know, Minnesota, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was that team, and they get beat yeah. by Purdue at home uh, in a twenty to ten game. And then you know, Illinois kind of makes a surge here under the radar. And I said, you know, let's keep an eye on them. And uh, you know, I think it was just about getting out of this game alive. 
Um, I think that was the biggest thing for for Illinois, and and all credit to them. And I I hope they do win the Big Ten East because I feel like they would put up a fight with somebody in the West, whoever that may be, uh, and just give them headaches just because you just don't know what they're going to throw at you because Illinois just isn't that prototypical team uh, that you see around the country. Uh, But moving on from the Big Ten and that sleeper game out West to the Pac-12, we had a good game here in uh, number 11, Utah, uh, 32, went on the road to face number 18, UCLA, who scored 42 points in this game. Unbelievable scoring affair in this one. uh, UCLA is for real on offense uh, in its undeniably one of the best offenses in the country right now. Uh, and I don't see any stop in them right now. So it seems like they have taken sole possession of either first or second place, you know, in the Pac-12, however you view where USC is, uh, they're with them. But UCLA is creeping up there. And, of course, their their ranking is a little better than where they are right now. And, of course, Utah's ranking – on here is a little worse than it is right now. Yeah, uh, But both teams did stay inside the top 25, which I'm surprised uh, that Utah stayed in, and we'll get to that. But it, it, but for DTR in that, in that Bruins offense, I mean, it seems like they've got something that's clicked uh, with Chip Kelly out there. Yeah, I mean, it's about time that DTR gets some high-spin love. I know that C.J. Stroud is pretty much the front runner right now. But I think that DTR of UCLA, he had four touchdowns against this Utah defense. I know that you and I had uh, Utah. We were very big Utah believers uh, this season. We both had them in the playoff. I think we've jumped off that bandwagon ever since. Uh, But I'm just very impressed with this UCLA team. I mean, they showed it in the first half of last year. And then if you remember in in the second half, they just completely fall apart. So I think this might be UCLA's best chance to actually make it to the Pac-12. And if, you know, they keep winning, they can make it to the playoff. I mean, they still have UC. That's pretty much their thing that they have left. So I think that USC has shown that they're vulnerable. I mean, Washington State played them close uh, before USC, you know, went away with it. Oregon State has played USC close. So I really wouldn't count out, you know, UCLA's, you know, defense is a bit of a problem, you know, giving up, you know, 30 points to a Utah team as a really good quarterback in Camp Rising. So, you know, at the end of the season, when these two teams have to play, this is going to be a really good quarterback matchup between DTR and Caleb Williams. But very impressive UCLA. I mean, they just have it all. They can throw it with DTR, and then you have Charbonnet on the ground. I know that was a big key for you uh, in this game, and he went off. I mean, he he's just a stud. I think he's going to be the next great, you know, NFL that we're seeing. You know, if a Kenneth Walker, we saw him this weekend take over, and then we're seeing – so many great uh, rookie running backs in the NFL. So I think that Charbonnet is going to be the next one. Yeah, I think Zach Charbonnet was, you know, all, yeah, like you said, he's ultimately the key for me in this game. And, yeah, it shows. I mean, 22 carries for 198 yards and a touchdown, uh, almost 200 yards on the ground basically uh, against a Utah defense that was supposed to be superior in, in college football this season. 502 total yards of offense. That is Unbelievable. Just yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you got 300 yards almost even – uh, for DTR in that in this game, and you know, great throwing percentage uh, for Cam Rising. I mean, he didn't do too bad. It, it was it was the running game yeah. uh, for Utah that was just stagnant. 18 carries for 91 yards for their top back, uh, and I think you know, 
what's under the radar for UCLA is their receiving core. Uh, they have a fantastic receiving core. And uh, from what I've seen, big physical uh, receivers that'll match up well against USC. And I, and I think it, uh, it'll it be a great, fantastic game. But I think if UCLA can keep the running game going and Zach Charbonnet can keep running the ball, uh, DTR gets out there and runs sometimes if the pocket collapses, they can take advantage of uh, that that USC secondary. But of course, our picks and predictions for that will, will be later. Uh, but that's all for the Pac-12. Moving to the SEC, uh, we're recapping probably the wildest game of the weekend in the stupidest finish I've ever seen. Uh, well, the stupidest finish I've seen all year. The stupidest play call. Yeah, and the dumbest play call I've seen out of an out of a offensive coordinator, uh, if that was the one who did make that call. Uh, Texas A&M goes to Tuscaloosa. They put up twenty on Alabama, but Alabama holds on uh, with twenty four points, riding their backup quarterback uh, in Milrow. So I, I think what the takeaway is from this game is you know you get down there and A and M forces. A three and out on Alabama for all intents and purposes, three and out. And you get the ball back with a little over, well, right about the two minute mark. And all of a sudden you're pushing the ball down the field. You get all the way down and there's a pass interference call and you get it at the two yard line. <laughs> and you basically have one play to run it. Cause I believe there were like four seconds or on the clock or whatever. Uh, and nobody ran a, you stacked the box and you had a one-on-one on the outside and did a little out route but the the quarterback didn't even throw it to the end zone he threw it to about the 1 yard line in the corner and gave his receiver no chance i thought it was the dumbest play call and AM, you know with A-chain in the backfield we've talked about him all season so far and about he is the key piece for AM. um and he ran the ball decent against Alabama. I mean, he was no breakout runs, but it was solid, you know, five, six yard runs. And you don't give him the ball on the two yard line. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Or even putting a couple of guys in the backfield and just pushing uh, Haynes King into the end zone. It just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you got to give your playmaker the ball there. I don't, you either run it with him up the gut and, you know, try and, forced it up the middle against an Alabama defensive front. Because if I'm going to lose a game like that, I'd rather lose, you know, giving it to my – like, if he doesn't get it, then okay, then he's our best playmaker. and They just mm-hmm. made a good play. It's just a boneheaded play call. I mean, even if it, the wide receiver would have made the catch, he, he wouldn't have made it into the end zone anyways. It, w- it would have been at the one-yard line stop. So, just to the game itself, I mean, the main storyline was Bryce Young not playing in this game. Uh, Milrow, the Derrick Henry spawn of himself, uh, played quarterback. Uh, he didn't really have a good game. He had four turnovers, two picks, and two fumbles. Uh, so, you know, Alabama just tried to give Texas A&M the game, and A&M wasn't able to really do it. Uh, but Haynes King, I think the play of him was really good. That was his, definitely his best game yet here in an Aggie uniform. Uh, but – it's just something about A&M and Bama playing. I mean, we saw last year at Texas A&M, you know, it was like a 38-35 to 35 game, and they kicked a game-winning field goal. And then this year it's close. So it's like I feel like every year this game is awesome. And then we've had the offseason headlines of Jimbo and Nick Saban going at each other. And then on the field, you know, even before, the, like we were saying, like, oh, this is going to be a blowout, right? Alabama's going to cruise. 
Uh, and then, you know, Texas A&M is going to be like, okay, we're three and three. There goes, you know, season high. Well, you're still three and three, but, you know, you did lose only by four. A lot of people had this. Even the line was like 24 and a half. 24 and a half. Yeah. yeah, it was an insane line. Uh, so, if I mean, like I said on the Sports Scramble show, Alabama already, you know, in week two lost to one point. Not, not one by one point, excuse me. That was their one line. Now this is their second line. How many lives does this Alabama team is going to have? Are they going to lose this weekend against Knox? Uh, but, yeah, this was just uh, an insane game. And, honestly, CBS, way you look back at it, they made the right choice of putting it at prime time. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was the right choice. And, you know, I think Alabama is, you know, three strikes and you're out, I think. And, and I think it's coming. So, I, you know, it's just a matter of what week it's going to be because you still got Ole Miss. You still got, uh, you know, Tennessee this weekend. So, I mean, you really – you're testing the waters here and you're on thin ice. So, I mean, it, yes. uh, it's very close. I mean, even if they do get Bryce Young back, I don't think it's a, that much of a change. I still think that somebody can beat them this year. And, and uh, I know that you have belief in that. And it's, it's just uh, it's an issue of I just don't think Alabama is the Alabama of old anymore. And I said that to start the season. Uh, and, and yeah. I just think it's a different year and it's a different time. We're talking about teams like TCU and UCLA, and it's a different time. So I, I think uh, the time has come where some it's it's going to be a bit of a change for Alabama, and they're going to have to compete now to win to win an SEC championship or even get to the SEC championship now. All right. Uh, but moving on from the SEC, we're going to the Group of Five, and our one Group of Five game we're recapping. Uh, was played in Las Vegas as number 16 BYU is still there in the top 25, uh, 20. And uh, they went, of course, they faced Notre Dame in, in the Shamrock Classic. And uh, for Notre Dame, I mean, it, it's two sides of the story. You know, of course, they hold on 28-20 in this one. It's two completely opposite spectrums where we didn't even know if they were on the field to start the season. They were so bad to now that they're seem like they're a little more efficient. And uh, it, it just, it was like trying to pull a dog into the water that just hates the water. And finally got in and said, Oh, this thing too bad. It, it was really that bad. And, and it, I thought, you know, I said, I don't think Notre Dame's going to win, but more than five games this year. And uh, of course there's a long ways to go still. And, and very well could could be short five games but i mean it uh it just doesn't seem like the right fit i just feel like byu had an off week and it just didn't seem right i mean they ran the ball okay passing wise they need to go back to the drawing board for byu uh and a lot of hype around this game for notre dame they're 10 and 0 in shamrock games so they have not lost one every time they played one so i mean that kind of tells you the story right there uh, and, I, of course, they wanted to win on, on a big road trip out to Las Vegas. Yeah, I think the main key for Notre Dame's really uh, turnaround after starting 0-2, now sitting at 3-2, and uh, is Drew Pine, the quarterback change. I think that Drew Pine had three touchdowns in this game against a really solid BYU team. I mean, last time I really, you know, faced a formal offense, the, yeah, they gave up, like, close to 40 points to Oregon in offense. But, you know, a Baylor offense, they – like 24 points uh, but yeah this BYU offense is really non-existent uh, the quarterback play uh, really struggled he only had two touchdowns uh, in an interception that's just not going to be good enough against the Notre Dame uh, defensive front so you know like we mentioned you know, 
weeks ago after they started 0 2, we kind of looked at their schedule and we said, okay, you know, Notre Dame is probably going to be like a 6 and 16. Maybe that still happens, but I definitely feel more confident uh, about this Notre Dame team going forward. You know, I I know that they play Clemson in a couple of weeks and it's at home. So maybe, you know, they, they can, you know, shock Clemson's schedule, you know, ruin their season as well. They still have USC, they have Stanford this week, and who isn't very good, one and four. So, I think that this will be a team that will pick up a couple wins and get to a bowl eligibility. You know, I think that, you know, Marcus Freeman is going to have a, you know, it's not, not going to be like a 10-2 you know, type of year like Notre Dame fans are really used to, but it's be a really good year to, to build towards the future. And if you're BYU, on the other hand, you start off the season really good, and now you've lost, you know, to Oregon. And now you lost to Notre Dame. You have Arkansas at home. So if you don't really win that one, then your season pretty much just went from, being really good to being well, what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Marcus Freeman really wanted to give his team a test, uh, you know, new head coach and everything, and wanted to show, hey, this is Notre Dame football. And uh, man, <laughs> Notre Dame football looks looks a little up and down right now, and uh, they're just riding the wave right now. So I think uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Of course, that'll tell the story of uh, the long term effects of what this change for Marcus Freeman has meant. Uh, for Notre Dame and whether it's been positive or negative for this program. Uh, But of course, moving on from our week six recap, and we're going to get into our risers and fallers. But first, uh, our first sponsor of the show, Tyler, is uh, our Fanatic sponsorship. So we uh, have a partnership with Fanatic. So if you guys want to hook up yourselves with some college football gear uh, this season, and of course, get out to a game. I know I support, I sported my LSU gear uh, from Fanatics here at the game the other the, the last weekend. So uh, I know I'll be supporting it this weekend as I'm wearing my Penn State gear and watching the Penn State versus Michigan game, of course, we'll get to. So I'll be wearing my gear. Uh, I know, Tyler, you'll probably be uh, – I don't know. what LSU's got who this week? We got Florida this week. Florida this week. So I know you'll be wearing your LSU gear watching that game. Uh, so if you guys want to head over there and use our link – uh, for our show right there. And of course that helps us out a little bit uh, with the production of our show and, and growing our show. And uh, I'm not sure what the code is today, Tyler, but what, what is the code for us today? Yep. Looked it up. I knew that that was coming, but uh, you code camp. It's all upper all uppercase, excuse me, uh, C-A-M-P camp. Uh, so you can get 65% off side wide. So definitely uh, take advantage of that deal and use our affiliate link down below. Absolutely. And getting into our risers and followers of the top 25 after week six, uh, our top four has changed a little bit. So yeah. it's kind of moved around a little bit. So uh, Georgia has claimed possession of number one all over again. Uh, and it it seems like they'll be there for a little while, maybe, unless somebody decides to knock them off. Ohio State comes in at two with Alabama falling to number three after that close win against AM at home. And Clemson holds on to the number four spot with a hold on win on the road at Boston College uh, this past week. So, you know, who are your uh, risers and your followers? We'll go with the risers first. Who is your riser of week six? I'm going to go to the SEC, go with Mississippi State, a team that we're uh, very familiar with. I mean, ever since the LSU game, LSU loss, I think that, that was a wake up call. Um, I think, you know, after that, they've just been blowing the doors off of people. The past two games have been Texas A&M. They put up 40 points. And then Arkansas, they put up 40 points. And it was not even close. 41-17 and then 
to 14. So I think that this Mississippi State team on both sides is very legit. They have a Heisman candidate in Will Rogers. I think that he should be the front runner and not C.J. Stroud. I think that Will Rogers itself is having, you know, a bigger, you know, statistical wise, he's having a better season than Stroud. But I think that Stroud is the front runner just because Ohio State's number two in the country. And that they're their national brand, while Mississippi State really look like a national brand. But I think that this Mississippi State team has really, you know, shown that they're, they could be legit and can really compete in the SEC West. Like you mentioned, you know, the struggles of Alabama, I think, is going to up the conversation of an Ole Miss or Mississippi State competing uh, for a spot uh, in Atlanta. So uh, Mississippi State does still have, you know, a really tough schedule ahead. They still have to play. Kentucky this week and then next week they had to travel to Tuscaloosa so they have back-to-back road games in Lexington and Tuscaloosa still have to play the number one team in the land right now the Georgia Bulldogs in the offsuit if you are familiar with the Mississippi schools Mississippi schools they have the annual Egg Bowl at the end of the season so their schedule is very tough uh, but I think that you know Mississippi State could be a team that can make some noise in SEC West yeah for sure and yeah I'm glad the Bulldogs are back in back in the race uh, finally, after some down years, but yeah, definitely led by Will Rogers, and, and definitely should be in one of those chairs uh, as of right now for for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, good um, change. Yeah, so for me, uh, my riser of the week is the Syracuse Orange. Uh, man, they've climbed up. They're now sitting at number eighteen right now in the top twenty-five rankings. Uh, not too many difficult games to start the season, but they are undefeated nonetheless. Uh, they did get a win at home against Purdue was their big win. And of course they blew out Wagner here last week, 59 to nothing. So, but the, really the story of their schedule is what's coming up. What's next on the schedule in next is, you know, you got a home game against the NC state Wolfpack, and then you got to go to Clemson the next week, come back home and play Notre Dame and then go on the road and play Pitt. Uh, and then you got to come back home, Florida state, on the road at Wake Forest, and then Jeez. finishing out at Boston College. So the meat of their schedules in the second half of the year, so uh, definitely was key for them to get out to a five and zero start. And it means a lot going into this uh, NC State game. Gives them a lot of confidence, and I feel like they, if if they can get through that NC State game and they get a uh, pretty decisive win in that game, uh, Clemson better pay attention to what what can happen in that one. I mean, I know it is at Clemson, but still, you know, things can happen wild. You know, I mean, we saw what NC State did last year to Clemson, and we were like, what in the world happened? Uh, And then again, this year was close between those two teams. So, I mean, you know, Syracuse really has a chance uh, to make their mark in the ACC, and I look forward uh, to them in the next few weeks putting on a show, and hopefully they they can hang on there and uh, at least keep it close with some of these teams. So uh, that's for me. As far as fallers go, Tyler, who is your faller after week six? I'm going to go two for two here in the SEC. Uh, I'm going to stick uh, with Kentucky. And they went from number 13 to number 22. So falling nine spots in the ranking. Uh, definitely a bad loss at home against South And now they've reeled off two straight losses uh, after losing. Who did they lose to before? I'm trying. I am drawing a blank. Oh, my gosh. I can't even think. Uh, I, I don't know. I have to, I have to look at their schedule. Uh, after... Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky. I know uh, that they lost to South Carolina. Okay. Did, oh, oh, yeah. They lost to Ole Miss. That's right. That's right. They lost a heartbreaker there. Uh, yeah, but uh, obviously, you know, 
of excuses. They don't have uh, Will Levis uh, in this game against South Carolina, but South Carolina absolutely manhandled uh, Kentucky in this one. It really wasn't close. South Carolina's offense and Spencer Rattler was able to find open receivers, and Marshawn Lloyd, uh, the running back for South Carolina, had a good game. But I think that there was a lot of hype with Kentucky. You know, they got as high as number eight in the country, and then they lost back-to-back games, and they're – to be honest with you, I don't even think they should be ranked. I mean, if you lose to a team like South Carolina, not even close, even with your backup quarterback. I think if, if you're talented enough and you're a top 25 team at home, you should be able to hand your, handle your business. So I think we're just going to see Kentucky. Uh, they're going to be at least a four-loss team. I don't really see them beating Tennessee and Georgia. So I think that they finished the season probably like a 7-5, 8-4, definitely a disappointing season it would be after uh, – after, you know, like I mentioned, you start the season at number eight. Yeah, and for me, my faller uh, that fell out of the top 25 after last week um, is Washington and the Washington Huskies. Uh, you know, got off to a strong start. You get a win uh, against Michigan State at home, and at the time they were ranked 11. So, I mean, it was a big win. Then uh, you get a win at home against Stanford in a blowout. But then you go to UCLA, and here comes, you know, this is the the time UCLA is at a high, and they lose by eight on the road uh, to UCLA. And then they go on the road to uh, Arizona State this past week, and they get beat by a touchdown against Arizona State. And the difference in that one was, of course, the pick six from Jordan Clark, uh, that was run back. So, I mean, defense came up big for Arizona State. Of course, I'm not not a great year for them. Uh, of course, losing their head coach or firing their head coach and everything. You know, it, it's been a rough year, but a big win for that organization uh, against a ranked team at the time. But Washington was at 21 last week. Of course, they've fallen out. And uh, they ultimately look like they could be a four-loss team at the end of this year and looking uh, from the outside, looking in, because they've got some tough games still to come. Uh, Arizona next week uh, and, you know, still got to play Oregon on the road later this year. And you got a home game against Oregon State, who looks like they're still holding strong in the Pac-12, even though with a loss. Uh, So some tough games, you know, on the rest of the way. And it looks like Washington State might be the team to run the state of Washington uh, for a little while because both of these teams are at two losses. But Washington State just looks like the better team to me. And, of course, they always face off at the end of the year, Washington, Washington State. So that'll be a good game. Apple Cup, baby. That'll be a very, yeah, a very good game to finish the season, and we'll look forward to that. Uh, but moving on from that, we'll get into our new week. And our new week, of course, is brought to you by our second sponsor of the show, and that is Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. If you guys want to go check what they have out, uh, Chet, of course, is holding it down over there in Houston for the Sports Scramble show. And, uh, Go see what those guys have to offer over there at the Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Uh, head over to www.buffbrew.com. Uh, we'll be support. We'll be sporting our shirts soon enough. As soon as uh, we get them in, and we will show you guys what those look like, and uh, of course, all their cool merch and, and all their cool uh, alcoholic beverages that they have over there in the Houston metro area. Uh, so go check them out at www.buffbrew.com. Uh, Tyler, week seven. Here we go into our lovely ACC matchups, our two of the week, and both of them involving some ranked teams. Uh, NC State going on the road to face off against the Syracuse Orange. 
Uh, great matchup here, I think, 15-18. Uh, I won't spend too long on it. We've talked a little bit of time about both of these teams. I'll give the nod to Syracuse for playing at home in the Dome. No longer the Carrier Dome, just the Dome. Um, so I'm going to roll with the Syracuse Orange. I have more belief in their offense than NC State right now. Um, and I think it'll be an offensive battle in this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about last week, and then this well, like we were looking at NC State and Florida State, like, oh, with this two talented quarterback, this should be a high scoring game. And then, well, like a 19 to 17 game. I think this is going to be a different story. Two talented quarterbacks, once again, Devin Leary and then Garrett Trader, the former Mississippi State quarterback. I think that Syracuse is a team, you know, Dino Babers, I think that a lot of people discredit him, what he does. He has built a really great program there at Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse is dubbed as, you know, being a basketball school, you know, with like Carmel Anthony and then, you know, the great coaches that they have. But like you said, it's no Carrier Dome anymore. Uh, I wish they wouldn't have changed that. I like that name. Uh, but I think that this is going to be a close battle, but I'm going to give it to the Orange. I think they get it done at home. I'm going to go 35-28, give it to Syracuse. Yeah, I like that score. Yeah, I, I, I'm I around the same spot there. I'll go 32-28, um, but I do think Syracuse wins this game and holds on uh, and ultimately moves inside the top 15 with a win uh, right there. Uh, of course, our other game, uh, the Clemson Tigers at number four headed down to Tallahassee to play against the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, this is an interesting game to watch, I think. Florida State coming home after a tough loss against NC State. Uh, I think they're going to be looking for blood, and they know this team is is at the top of the totem pole in the ACC, and I'm really sure they want to knock them off. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Mike Norvell is wants to knock them off as well. And his introduction into the ACC really uh, would be at the top of the list, you know, knocking off uh, Dabo Sweeney and this Clemson Tiger team so i feel like uh it'll be a close game i think it'll probably be a field goal game at the end i'm going to give it to clemson more of a defensive battle in this one i don't think there's going to be a ton of points scored in this one i'll go 24 21 and i'll give it to clemson on the road yeah this feels like a defensive battle for me but i think the really main story in this one clemson's offense is starting to heat up dj uangle is starting to to play really good. You know, last season he didn't have a good season at all. I think that this year is his bounce back year. He's starting to play good. And Will Shipley, the running back for Clemson, you know, is just getting touchdowns seems like every game. I mean, the man's just consistent. I think that Jordan Travis is going to have to have a better game than he did on the road in rally against uh, NC State. Can't throw, uh, can't have any turnovers against the Clemson offense that's just be able to really beat you and put points up on the board. I think that Florida State's defensive line will be able to stop uh, Will Shipley. Just a matter of can their secondary hold against a really good Clemson receiving core. Uh, I don't think that – I think that Florida State will play this one close. It is at home. Tomahawk Chop is going to be chopping, like I said, on the sports screen. Well, I did have this on my upset pick, but I didn't really feel confident anyways. So I'm not going to go 100% upset pick here, but I'm going to go Clemson in this one. I think they get the job done. I'll go 28-17. to 17. I think uh, it's going to be close for Friday. Three quarters, and then Clemson, uh, you know, just shows that they're too talented of a football team to lose on the road. So uh, give me uh, Dabo in, in this one. Yeah, and then moving on from the ACC, we'll get to the Big 12 here uh, and some big matchups in the Big 12, of course. A top 15 between number eight, Oklahoma State, going on the road to face off against number 13, TCU and the Horn Frogs. Uh, man, great football game, I think, here. This will tell the story, I think, of the Big 12 right here. Um, 
you know, of course, there's no divisions in the Big 12. It's just, you know, mass chaos in the in the in the rankings. But I think this game here, uh, after last week, Sanders gets beat up, gets beat up, you know, pretty bad uh, in a tough game that they had to pull out. And looks like he's getting some wear and tear on his body from running constantly. I mean, he's gotten out of the pocket a lot lately and ran. Uh, he was cramping up pretty bad at the end of last game. And, of course, on the other side, in Duggins at quarterback, unbelievable season so far for him. And TCU's offense just looks unstoppable right now. Playing at home, I'm going to give it to TCU in this one. Uh, I can't discredit the team that's come from nowhere uh, to be undefeated at this point. So I'm going to give it to TCU at home. I'll probably go 38-35 in this one. Uh, it'll be a close one, but I feel I believe in TCU uh, fully in this one at home. Yeah, I expect this one to be close as well. Uh, both of the teams don't have a lick of a defense, especially Oklahoma State. I mean, we just saw Texas Tech uh, put up 30 points on them. I think that the winner will get 40 in this one. It just feels like I, this is going to be like the one of the more high score and shootout games that we've seen uh, this weekend. So, like I mentioned, uh, I think who pretty much a lock if you look at both of these schedules uh, to be in Arlington for the Big 12 championship. It's at home. I'm going to go Fort Worth. I've been picking against TCU uh, for too long this season. I'm going to give it to the Horned Frogs. I'll give them the 42-38. Uh, these are two talented quarterbacks, Max Duggan and Spencer Sanders. I think they're going to combine for like 10 touchdowns uh, in this one, whether that's on the ground or through the air because they definitely have the capabilities of doing both. But I'm going to give it to TCU. I think they they clinch up and, and, you know, get into the top 10 and switch up with Oklahoma State. So I could see TCU be the number eight team come next week. So you're off the Oklahoma State train for a little bit. Yeah. And and on to, on to another it's one. It's a in tough the road trip. I think yeah, you know, TCU, they're going to pack. They're going to pack that stadium for sure. But, uh, yeah, I've been high on Oklahoma State, uh, but I think that this TCU team has definitely been impressing me. Yeah, and and for a team that you and I have been high on after a close loss against TCU last week at number 19, not falling very far, um, is the Kansas Jayhawks. And, of course, they're going into Norman, Oklahoma, to face off against OU. Uh, I think this game, I know that Kansas is on the road, Oklahoma just doesn't seem like they either want to play or they're just having a hard time. And uh, it doesn't look very good for them. The times of Baker Mayfield and Caleb Williams are over. And, uh, of course, Dylan Gabriel being out for an extended period of time uh, has given OU a lot of trouble in that uh, Brett Venerable's offense. I feel like Kansas is the way better team here. I'm going to give them the two-touchdown uh, favorite in this one. I know they're underdogs in this one. Uh, so for all intents and purposes, it is an upset pick. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Jayhawks on the road. I think it's going to be uh, a 35 to 21 uh, finish in this one. Yeah, the problem for Oklahoma is their defense can't stop us all. I mean, it doesn't matter who Kansas runs out there. They're going to roll out uh, being the back of quarterback. I just think that, you know, Kansas's offense has proven that they can score against the Big 12 uh, defenses. Like, in the past couple of years, Kansas couldn't score, like, 10 points if they tried. So, I think this year, this is just a different environment with Lance Leipel. I think that Oklahoma will be able to score in this one. They did get shut out against a very physical uh, Texas defense. I think that Kansas's defense will be able to force some turnovers from D Dylan Gabriel. And 
I just can't really like pick Oklahoma with confidence anymore after, you know, losing three straight uh, to Oklahoma. Uh, starting with Kansas State, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and that much just, you know, batting down the hatches for Oklahoma. So I think that Kansas, I don't know how Oklahoma half point favorite. If you're a betting man, bet on the Jayhawks uh, to get it done on the road. Bet them, you know, shoot, even go further. I would put them at like, I would like change it to like five. I think that Kansas at least wins this one by a touchdown. I'll give Kansas uh, the win. I think that this they make a statement in this game. I'll go 38 to 27. I think that the Jayhawks get it done. Absolutely. So big lines there for you and I. Uh, and moving on from the Big 12 into the Big 10 in a big game here that we've got, and another one that's not so big. Mm, uh, well, it's big for the Big 10 West. I mean, who the, the winner is for the standings. For the yeah. standings, it is absolutely huge. Uh, but the first one is probably the biggest of them all outside of, kickoff. Yeah, outside of the uh, Alabama and Tennessee game. But this game here is the big new kickoff uh, for Fox, and that is number 10, the Penn State Nittany Lions, going to Ann Arbor to face off against the number five Michigan Wolverines. Uh, man, for everything here that we're seeing, whoever the winner of this game could definitely creep into the top four based on what happens uh this week so i mean it really this weekend you know it really could uh be the team for the big 10 in the playoff outside of ohio state's chances as well uh because it's too early to tell and of course they're on the bye week this week uh but i think the story for this game is is if penn state can get the running game going i don't think michigan's going to be able to stop them their secondary has struggled all year long uh struggled against iowa on the road struggled against illinois i mean just having a tough time or sorry indiana last week uh you know really close game it was tied almost tied at halftime i think it was tied 10 10 at halftime and uh, before michigan pulled away yeah and it just took a whole nother half before that happened so i think the key for this game uh for me is having penn state get out to a strong start um if they get out to a strong start and they're up at half uh they just need to keep their foot on the gas i think for Michigan and don't let them get back into the game because that's happened multiple times this year where Michigan has gotten themselves back into games uh, and have ultimately held on to their high ranking because of it. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, is get Nick Singleton going in the backfield for Penn state. Sean Clifford has to eliminate the turnovers on the other side for Michigan. Uh, JJ McCarthy is new to this whole thing. And this is a big game, the biggest game that he's played in up to this point. And uh, I think, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You have Corman in the backfield there, or Corum in the backfield, and uh, it really could be a battle of the running backs in this game, and it's all about how the defensive line and linebackers respond, how those front seven respond. Uh, I feel like Penn State, this is a big statement win for them in Ann Arbor. It's been a long time since they've won at Ann Arbor. Just a different Penn State team, um, and Michigan just hasn't had that big fight out of anybody yet. So I look for a big statement win here. I'm going to go 33-24. I'll give it to Penn State on the road. Like I told you on Sunday's show, every year, I'm sure that you know this as well, Penn State always starts off the year well except for 2020, but that's asterisk year in my book. Uh, a lot of teams struggled in that era. But every year, Penn State, you know, starts off, oh, they're, they're 5-0, and 6-0. and They get a lot of high, you know, they're in the top 10, and then they fall flat on their face. We saw last year. Literally the same weekend, I think, pretty much. In mm-hmm. Iowa, 
Uh, you know, Sean Clifford goes down in that game, and then Penn State ultimately loses this one. I think that this year is a different story. I think this is the start of Penn State's run to the playoff, and it will start on Saturday morning. Uh, in our, Ann Arbor, and it's, you know, Michigan fans are doing all the work, so they're doing these out. I feel like every school, you know, tries to copy Penn State and trying to pick a color, like, okay, we'll do a base out this week against uh, Penn State. So I just think it's going to work. Uh, Michigan, like you mean, if Blake Corn can't get it going, it's going to be a long day for Michigan because I, I just don't really trust J.J. McCarthy yet. I mean, he's a true freshman quarterback for a reason. Uh, this is, like you mentioned, this is going to be his first, you know, big big game. I mean, this ain't no Maryland. This isn't no Indiana. This is a big, this is Big Ten football right here with Penn State's defense. I think John, I'm going to call it now, I think that John Porter Jr. is going to get an interception this one. I think he's going to get the game-winning interception. Like you mentioned, I think it's going to come down to the running backs, but I think it's the first time I've said it. I trust Sean Clifford more than I do J.J. McCarthy in this matchup. Can't believe that. But uh, I just think that his experience is really going to is going to vault and we saw it on the road against Auburn. I'm not going to say it's going to be the same thing. You know, Penn State blows out the doors in this one. Yeah, it would be crazy. I think it would vault like Penn State to like number three automatically. But uh, this is a big game. I think that this is going to be a very physical game like it always is. Uh, I think that it's going to be a defensive battle. But I think that Penn State makes a statement in this one. I'll go 28 to 13 in this one. I'm going to give it to the Nittany Lions. And that's right. We are. Penn State. I was waiting uh, for, for my mom tuning in there. Yep. Penn State alone. You know, should be on. Then I was going to like flip it to <laughs> we are after I did that. So, but we're riding the Nittany Lion train uh, for Week Seven, and of course, another big game here to decide really the Big Ten West. I know it's only Week Seven, but we're deciding the Big Ten West pretty much right here, and that's the Minnesota Golden Gophers going on the road to face off against the now ranked. 24. They have cracked the top 25. The Illinois Fighting Illini. Pretty amazing. Tyler, you're shaking your head because I, I uh, just can't believe it. I can't believe it. I know. I know. I mean, this usually we see them, you know, top 10 in basketball, but 24 in football. We That's haven't seen that in a long time. A long time. Uh, I don't think since their stadium has been built, uh, yeah. we've seen that. So it's been a long time for Illinois, and I'm glad to see them back in the top 25, giving the Big Ten a little bit more oomph, you know, with these other teams. Uh, now in in the West, you know, got to pick up the slack for teams like Wisconsin and and uh, Purdue, Minnesota, not making it in the top twenty five. So somebody's got to do it, and uh, Illinois is that team. Of course, they're playing at home in this one. I have a lot of belief in what they've done going forward uh, through the season, and Minnesota looks like they're on the downhill, losing a tough game against Purdue. It, it just doesn't seem like P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan are on the same page right now uh, with that offense. Of course, he's donned as the seven-year quarterback uh, for Minnesota, and it just doesn't seem like that experience is helping them at all right now. And it seems like the Young Bucks are really running the show uh, right now throughout all of college football, and Brett Bielema is definitely the most experienced head coach, I think, uh, outside of Jim you know, Jim Harbaugh and, and – James Franklin and uh, Ryan day. So, I mean, I think he's right there in that category with them. And uh, ultimately he might get a better job, you know, going forward. We might see him go somewhere to the sec, you know, in the future. And we just don't know. Uh, And it's all a matter of the young, young and and small careers of some of these head coaches going forward. Uh, But I've got Illinois winning this game 
at home. I think they're the better team. Low scoring game once again. Uh, I'm going to go 17 14. I think that they win this game. Uh, I mean, 20 points, or I'm sorry, no, would it be uh, 26 points scored in two weeks uh, is very low, uh, but I think they can do it and get two W's back to back. Yeah, I expect Illinois' uh, offense to step up against the one of the better offense that they'll face all season. Uh, like you mentioned, with like the, the seven year quarterback in Tanner Morgan, it feels like he's been there since 2010. Uh, but, yeah, like, you know, that offense uh, was really taken off. I think that this is going to be a defensive battle. Minnesota's defense has been able to really show their might uh, throughout the first uh, six weeks uh, of the season. So I think this is going to be a really good game, a defensive battle. I'm going to give Illinois the 17-14 to 14 game. It's going to be a field goal game. It's, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a very close. It's going to be a grinded-out game. I think that Chase Brown is going to have two touchdowns. And this one, uh, so I'm going to give Illinois the home win. I think that they continue to roll it on and, and, you know, continue to be first place in the Big Ten West and, you know, be one of the more surprising teams in college football. It's been a crazy and wacky year. I mean, we're seeing TCU almost in the top ten, Illinois ranked, Kansas ranked. Like, what a year are we in? Like, 1985? Like, what the – what's going on? Uh, I, I love it, though. It's fun, but it's great. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving on to out west to the Pac-12 where there's a lot going on this weekend. Uh, Number seven, USC, finally meets their match uh, or close to their match. Uh, And number 20, Utah, with a bad taste in their mouth after last week on the road at UCLA. Uh, I, Man, I tell you what, this game right here is so big for USC that if if they lose this football game, they will fall so far down. Uh, that they could wipe away their college football uh, playoff chances. And, and I think ultimately if this is the case here, it, it really uh, is going to be tough for USC to bounce back. Uh, I'm going to go with Utah to win at home. It is very tough to win at Utah in a night game. That is very hard to do. And I think that USC just hasn't had that challenge yet. Tough start to the game against Washington State at home last week. Here it is. I mean, it is on a silver platter for you. Come and take it. And uh, I think Utah will be that team to come and take it from them. And and I think uh, ultimately Utah will stay inside the top 25. I don't know how uh, with their two losses, but they will somehow stay in the top 25 in that 15-18 range, I think. Uh, with a with with a win over number seventeen, I just think with two losses, you're not going to move up too far. Uh, but I think they win this game. It's going to be a close one. I think it's a high scoring game. Uh, USC is not that great defensively. Actually, not very good at all defensively. Uh, even with some of the best recruits in the country, offense is kind of the name of the game there. And for Utah, their defense has struggled lately to stop people. And Cam Rising and that offense has had to put a lot of the load on their shoulders. Uh, so I think this is going to be a good game. I'm going to go 37-28 in this one. I think that Utah gets it done, and I'm going with the Utes. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling a night game at Utah is is a tough and, and almost insurmountable uh, environment. Yeah, I think that the problem with USC is their offense has always – all the games that they played have been off to a slow start, especially in the, the Pac-12 conference game that they played so far. Uh, they can't really afford to do that against a Utah defense that's been struggling. They got to start off fast, especially on the road at night against a very hostile environment. In the preseason, I've been saying that Utah was going to beat uh, USC. This I circled this one, but jumping off the bandwagon, I'm going to go USC. 
I found my knight in shining armor with the Trojans. I, I switched Utah to, to USC now, being the Pac-12 champ. So I'm going to ride with USC and Caleb Williams. I think that he gets the job done. He's been in these big games. I think that Utah's defense is going to continue to struggle. I think that Utah and Cam Rising will be able to score in this one. I think USC isn't the greatest defense that we have seen in college football this year. But I think that I could I could see both teams get into the 30s. So I'll give uh, both of the teams in the 30s. I think it's going to be a touchdown game. I'll give USC the 37 to 30 win on the road. And I think that the stamps, uh, that they're proof that they are indeed back. Yeah, I mean, the deal with this game is, is that Utah is the three and a half point favorite. Uh, which is pretty something about night games in, in Salt Lake City. Yeah, and, and I think that is the story of this. And, of course, I mean, being close if game, they're doing a blackout, then I'm going to yeah. feel real uh, queasy about my USC pick because <laughs> they usually they don't lose when they do a blackout. Yeah, that would be a very difficult environment to play in. Uh, but moving on to a pair of other teams in the Pac-12 uh, that are doing all right this year. I mean, better than we thought either of them would be doing. Both four and two right now. Uh, the Washington State Cougars are going on the road to face off against the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, man, Oregon State, uh, surprise year from them. I kind of expected the start of the season for Washington State, not for Oregon State, though. Uh, so credit to them and that organization. Uh, I think they get a big win at home here. They're the three and a half at home. I think they get it done. I, I'm going to give them the touchdown win over Washington State. Uh, these two teams absolutely, absolutely hate each other to the core. Uh, so this will be a lot of hatred and a lot of shoving, pushing back and forth in this game. Uh, but I'll have Oregon State. I'm going to go uh, 35-28 in this one. I think that uh, they get it done at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Beavers as well. I mean, they've shown that they're, they have a good – they hold a really good USC team to 17 points. So I think that they can do the same thing at home against Washington State. I think that Oregon State gets a statement win. I don't think that Washington State, I think, you know, they played USC good last week, and they do have really good offense, but I think that Oregon State's offense is going to be able to score at will against Washington State. I'm going to give Oregon State 35-17 to 17 win. I think they really get a statement. I think that playing at Oregon State is a really tough environment as well uh, in regards to playing at Utah. So I think I'm going to go with the Beavers in this one against uh, Washington State. We're both taking the beeves here in the Pac-12 and moving on to the big bad SEC. And we got some big games here. Uh, this is the biggest conference of the week, I think, uh, in the Power Five. And that is number three, Alabama, going to Knoxville to face off against the number six now. They have climbed up two spots after their win. Big win at LSU uh, to number six, and that's the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, man, let me tell you what story of this game will be the quarterback play on both sides. If Bryce Young is back, which it seems like he will be back for this one, uh, and Hooker on the other side for Tennessee. And let me tell you what, it'll be a shootout. I think uh, both defenses – I feel like Tennessee actually has the better defense here. Um, Alabama mm-hmm. has struggled to stop some people. Uh, they had trouble with Texas, even with the backup quarterback in. Trouble with you know A&M last week with putting up 20 points. Uh, you know, with Haynes King, who really didn't do too much uh, all beginning of the season for, for Texas A&M. So, I mean, I think Alabama's defense has been put on notice here uh, to show up because if they don't show up, Tennessee very well could win this game by two touchdowns. Uh, I have more belief in Tennessee at home. I think it's 
they're the better team in this one uh, overall. As far as defense, defense is really the big factor for me. I think pushing that seesaw towards Tennessee. Um, and the Volunteers, I think, win this game. I'll probably make it a little lower scoring. I don't think Alabama scores more than two touchdowns in this game. Uh, I'm going to go 28-14 in this one. I think uh, it's just a hard place to play in Neyland Stadium. I, I just yeah. don't know uh, if Alabama is going to see another environment like that all year. Uh, knowing that this game is completely going to be sold out. So uh, I'll, I'll take the Volunteers at home. They're just too good of a team right now to be stopped. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I think that, you know, Tennessee, this is their best chance to beat Alabama. I don't know how many years straight since Alabama. It's like 12 years, I think, that Alabama ha- has won in this series. You know, Tennessee, you know, has a couple of years that they've been close. 2016, you know, whenever Josh Dobbs uh, and Alabama, Camara was there, and I believe it was like 2010, I believe. It was that, you know, blocked uh, field goal uh, that uh, Cody had. Uh, so, you know, Tennessee has had their chances in this series, but this is their best chance. And this is the best quarterback that I think that this Alabama uh, defense uh, will face with Hendon Hooker. Uh, he had a really good game uh, in Death Valley. Last weekend, uh, I mean, Tennessee just blew the doors off LSU. And, and, I mean, they were just a better team for 60 minutes. So, I think that this uh, Tennessee uh, offense is legit, and you know they run tempo. I mean, we we heard I think on ESPN that they were saying they they only took like twenty seconds uh, from each play, and that is very quick. So, I, like you mentioned, you know, you were talking about Tennessee's defense being the best that that this Alabama defense uh, would face. I, I don't think that's the case. But the two games I look at is Tennessee's is the Florida game. They gave up four hundred and fifty yards passing to Anthony Richardson. Well, this past weekend, Missouri held them to 66 yards. So that says oh. something about, uh, you know, Tennessee's defense. I mean, Tennessee had a really good game plan against LSU's offense. Uh, and then, you know, Tennessee played Pitt. They gave up really big plays as well. So Bryce Young will play in this game. I would be shocked if he isn't. But I think that a lot of people are picking Tennessee, and that's why I'm picking against everyone. I'm going to pick Alabama. We're going to go with the boring old pick here. I know I'm usually, you know, wanting to, you know, see some parity in this one. But I think that a lot of people are going with Tennessee. So, I think, you know, I know that Alabama is the favorite. But I feel like they're the underdog in this one. I don't think that a lot of people have faith that Alabama can can win this game just because of the fact, you know, they you know they almost lost to Texas, almost lost to A&M. I think that Bryce Young shows that he this weekend why he won the Heisman last year. With Jameer Gibbs in the backfield, I think that he's going to have a big game. I think the Alabama defense, I think they're going to struggle as well. This is going to be a high-scoring game, and that's you see that we're really not familiar with. But I'm going to give Alabama the 35-31 win, so give me the tie. Yeah, still a close game there, and uh, it will be a fantastic game to watch in the SEC. And our other game to watch in the SEC, two teams outside of the top 15. Uh, I am thrilled right now. (laughs) Cameron, I've had a long day, man. I'm exhausted. He's had an exam. I mean, he's probably brain dead. So the fact I, that he's here is kudos I to him. I crammed and crammed and crammed, and I finally got it out of the way, and it's done. Uh, so I'm trying to relax a little bit, and my relaxing has turned into my eyes getting very, very small because um, I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. So thank you for noticing, Cameron. Um so back to this one. Uh, speaking of Cameron, yeah, speaking Cameron. of Cameron, here we go. <laughs> here we see right into Bulldogs. Yeah. Just the going on the road to face off uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. It is. Uh, 
Who is number twenty-two? I know, exhausting. Um, so they're number twenty-two right now. The Wildcats have kind of fallen down a little bit, um, and they're holding on there right now. It's a tough, tough game that they had to endure at Ole Miss, um, and that's kind of the result of what's happened lately. Um, this game here, Mississippi State just seems like a totally different football team now. Uh, big win against A and M, and I'm putting up a fight with Bama. Uh, this is really going to be the time I think Mississippi State gets their way up into the top 15. Uh, I think this is their moment to do that. The problem is, is there's so many teams inside the top 15 that yeah, I haven't won't lost. lose either. Yeah, and it's just it, it's it's hard. Somebody's got to lose. I mean, it, it's well, got to I mean, go one way or the other. People will lose this week. There's like seven ring matchups, so it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen somehow, some way. Uh, but Mississippi State, I think, is the better team here. I don't know if Levis is going to be back for Kentucky this week. Not I don't think good. so. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, it's ultimately Will Rogers and in, in the Mississippi State offense is going to run the show, I think, uh, in Lexington. So uh, I think this is this is their their week and their, and their moment to step up big because they got a lot of games coming up. They're going to be really tough. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bulldogs in this one. I'm going to go 27-17 in this one, and I'll mm. take Mississippi State on the road. Okay, so a little lower scoring that we're seeing for Mississippi State. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm the only one. But why does this feel like such an easy pick and it's a ranked matchup? I mean, Kentucky is just falling off the face of the planet. They started undefeated, and then they lose back-to-back games, Old Miss and South Carolina. I think even with Will Levis, uh, I think that Mississippi State's uh, defense has shown, you know, Last week, and uh, KJ Jefferson didn't play. Arkansas rolled out the backup quarterback, and Arkansas wasn't able to do much. And then a couple two weeks ago, they faced Max Johnson. They were able to really shut him down. So I think that Mississippi State's defense uh, isn't really talked about as much. I think they're legit. Their defensive front is really good, and you got to credit Will Will Rogers as well. I mean, he pretty much will have 300 yards and three touchdowns in pretty much every game. So. I think that Mississippi State, uh, this game, you know, this series has been back and forth. Uh, it has been dominated by Mississippi State recently. I'm going to continue that. I think they score 40 points once again. I mean, why not? Why? Who? Who's stopping them? I mean, not defense for sure. They've been struggling. So I'll give Mississippi State the 42-20 win over Mississippi State, and uh, they enter the top 15 next week. That'll be and before we leave SEC, we have one more question. It's from my mother this time. Wonder who will be the quarterback for this weekend's LSU game. I know we hinted at this at the sports scramble, but uh, you think that Gusmeyer or Jane Daniels should run out there in Gainesville? I think Nussmeyer is the answer for LSU, at least to give him a shot. Um, I just feel like it's a lost cause to leave Daniels out there for another yeah. week. Because, uh, I mean, you keep rolling the dice and it keeps landing on snake eyes. It, it, it ain't going to work out very good for you. And I think that's what's happening with LSU. I think it, it's time for a change. Um because, of course, you know the old adage, three doubles and you go to jail. Um, but I, I think it's Nussmeyer be, only because Daniels just, I don't think, is producing in the right way for LSU. Uh, not really designed to be a, a run-out-of-the-pocket offense. So I think it has to be uh, Nussmeyer just for a week just to test the waters, at least. Well, here you go, Suffolk. Explanatory, not Daniels, that's for sure. All right, yes, <laughs> it's all you need. There's your answer, I guess. 
<laughs> and moving on from the power five, we're going to the group of five. And of course, you guys know how we do it. It's only one group of five game for us over here at the Coast to Coast show. And of course, that one involves one of our service teams, and that is Air Force. Uh, they're headed to Las Vegas to face off against UNLV. Uh, two teams here that are both four and two right now. Uh, they look good. Both teams look good right now. Uh, I think Air Force is the better team here, though. I feel like if they run the ball well, they'll be able to take control of this one. Of course, we talked about how well Air Force has run the ball at the beginning of the season. Um, and, of course, I think it's going to continue for them. I think they're the better offensive team. Uh, I think this game will get into the 30s for Air Force, 20s for UNLV. So I'm going to go 35-24, and uh, Air Force gets it done on the road. Yeah, Air Force is coming off a disappointing loss on the road to Utah State. They gave up 30 points. I think that Air Force's defense has been struggling. Their offense hasn't been uh, the problem. Uh, UNLV, I think they will be able to score as well. I, I see this both teams getting to the 30s as well. I know that you had UNLV in the 20s, but I think that UNLV will be able to score at home, but they won't be able uh, to hit the, the triple sevens. I have them losing in this one. I have, I'm have i going to go with the Air Force. I mean, I got to go with the troops. I mean, I, I just hate – I can't put it in me that to pick against Air Force, even they haven't been looking too good. But I'll give Air Force a 34-31 win. They get back on track in the Mountain West. Yeah, a good win for Air Force and a tough loss for – UNLV that we're predicting coming up this weekend and of course getting into our last segment of the show and of course our news uh, we do have one new statement of course Jalen Daniels is out for the season uh, for Kansas so that is a big loss for and that's not Jaden Daniels if you're a yeah. fan so don't don't I'm mean, sure like you know Lauren would love that probably <laughs> put in gear but this is Kansas's quarterback if you're if you're wondering Yes, Kansas quarterback uh, Jalen Daniels is out for the season. Of course, that's a tough loss for that program. And, of course, they do have an experienced backup quarterback, but riding this guy all the way undefeated up to that point uh, is very tough to lose him right now at this point in the season. Uh, hopefully, Kansas can still hold on and play well. We're pick predicting them to win this upcoming week on the road at OU. Um, I mean, it, it is a tough loss, but I think it's also – a big boost for this Kansas team. Cause I think they're going to rally behind him. Yeah. Um, really go get a win for him this weekend. And, and I think it's, it's going to be big uh, going forward for them. And it gives development on the quarterback in the quarterback room and, and as well as throughout the team. Uh, so uh, it is a big loss, but I think in the long run, it is okay for Kansas. They're still staying afloat. Yeah. I think it's a big loss for sure. I mean, Daniels gave you uh, you, you know, he was a really good passer, and then he also was able to beat you with his legs. I mean, Bean can't really do that. I think that Bean is more of you know, a per persistent passer uh, than Daniel. So I, I, it, it definitely sucks uh, if you're a Kansas fan of being out for the season. But you do have, uh, I think, a really legitimate backup quarterback. Uh, you know, he had some experience uh, last year whenever Kansas was down. And then he showed it, you know, in TCU. That team was, was still fighting behind him. So I think that, you know, his teammates will – rise uh, behind that Kansas, you know, will be just fine. But definitely uh, praise up for Daniels, and hopefully he'll get better for next season in Kansas. And, you know, can continue to build, you know, a tradition that they're trying to build over there in Lawrence. Absolutely. Um, and our other piece here, we don't have a second news thing because there's not too much going on. Yeah, this is our new. This is our new, new, new thing. news. <laughs> We're going to pose a new story. 
uh, a news headline from college football, and we're also going to pose a question. So you guys yes. in the comments, y'all, y'all can answer it as well. So. Yeah, y'all can answer the question as well. Um, in this one, but the question is, Tyler, who is the best team outside of the top twenty-five to make some noise uh, late this season? I mean, th- there's a lot of teams that are really there that could make. When we say make some noise, this is pretty vague because they don't have to win the conference title. They don't have to make the college football playoff. They just have to be a, a well-rounded team. Um, and Tyler, I, who's your pick that's outside of the top 10? There's a lot of good teams yeah. uh, that that could be, you know, to make some, you know, make some noise um, later on the season. Yeah, this is very tough for me. I, I see a lot of teams. I'm down to two teams. It's either TCU or Mississippi State for me. I think I'm going to ride with Mississippi State. I think that, you know, TCU is a, is a hot team right now. I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I, I do think that they beat Kentucky. I think, you know, with Alabama coming this next week, I think that's actually a good thing for Mississippi State. You know, Alabama will be coming off of that very emotional game on the road in Knoxville against Tennessee. I think picking Alabama, they're going to win that game. I think that they come back and lose uh, at home against Mississippi State. I think not only I said on the show they're going to beat Georgia – I think they have a potential to beat Ole Miss. I'm not going to be my. I'm not going to make that pick as well. I still want to have some friends uh, from <laughs> Starfield, uh, but uh, I think you know that that is definitely on the cards. I think that they really match up well against Alabama, like you mentioned. Alabama's defense doesn't really look that great, and they got shredded up. You know, we saw Quinn Ewers like throwing it down the field, and guess what? Mississippi State does. They throw it down the field like 50 times. So. I think uh, that Mississippi State's going to be a team not only to make noise in SEC West, but could be an outside chance to get a New Year's Six Bowl. That's crazy to me, but it, it is it is a great Mississippi State team. So uh, I look forward to seeing seeing what they're doing. And, of course, being right now at number 16, they've got a lot of room to work with uh, to move up as well. And for me, I'm going to go the team right outside of the top 10, right at number 11, and that's UCLA. Uh Undefeated up to this point, they're a fantastic football team right now. I think they're making noise in the Pac-12 right now. Um, And I think going forward, I think getting off to the start has helped, and I think they'll continue to make some noise uh, in in late this season. So, And I think, you know, of course, the big game here between USC and Utah ultimately would vault UCLA to the first spot there in the Pac-12. So I think – it can happen for them. And uh, I know it's been a while since Chip Kelly has been there, you know, for that. So I think uh, it's time for them and they have a great, great offensive room and defense has come up big for them lately. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with, with the Bruins. I think they are uh, one of the, uh, one of, if not the hottest team in all of college football right now. Uh, and it's tough for me to say that with a, a, Pac-12 team because normally I dislike the Pac-12 yeah. a lot. We just uh, we're like, oh, Pac-12 after dark. We don't have to watch that. But this year, you know, they got some really good games, especially USC Utah. That's going to be a game to watch this weekend. Yeah, they're trying to get it in before they move to the Big Ten. I think oh, yeah. and trying to show show them all up and get the last conference title before they bounce. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, of course, you know, I think the people in the Big Ten, their eyes are getting bigger and bigger going, oh, crap, you're, you know, these teams are actually pretty good. And uh, it could get very interesting in the Big Ten in the next couple of years. Uh, but I think for us, 
the parlay this week is going to be quite interesting because this we might be like the most challenging time that we've had because this, like I mentioned, seven ranked matchups and it's it's going to be wild. So I'm definitely excited for this weekend. It's yeah, going to we be statement a, Saturday for sure. Yeah, we might have an all ranked parlay <laughs> this weekend. We don't know yet, but uh, we will definitely look at that and get that out to you guys. So let you know what we're picking this weekend uh, in college football. And, of course, as always, you guys can follow us over on Twitter and Facebook, on Facebook at CFB Coast to Coast, and, of course, over at Twitter at CFB underscore Coast, the number two coast. Uh, Of course, next week we will recap week seven, and we will get into week eight with only a few more remaining after that before we get into our conference championships because – it's moving fast and it's yeah. coming on fast. It always does, week, but definitely enjoy yeah, every week. single week of it. Absolutely. Last week was the halfway point of the season, so here we are going downhill now. We've already hit the peak, so uh, a lot to come and a lot of speed bumps that we're going to hit here coming up. So uh, and a lot of exits we're taking off for some big games here. So uh, this is this is going to be crazy. So we're here. We're looking forward to it. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, this week and we will see you guys next week on our regularly scheduled day on monday at three just a crazy week this week i'm sorry guys but uh we will be back on monday uh at three and of course you guys can watch sports scramble which is on our sunday night show and of course tyler and wade will be doing their sec talk coming up right after this yeah (laughs) Yeah, right after this they'll be getting into sec talk uh so if you guys want to go over there and check them out show them some love over there with their all sec show uh and of course i'll probably be tuning in there as well uh but thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you guys next week